bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Bitch, the Chicago. Hello everyone, what is up? It is me, Ewan, and welcome to a new edition of the We Love Dad Movies podcast. This week we're diving back into 1986 to talk about one of the greatest movie sequels of all time for Spooky Month. And because it's Spooky Month, I have a very, very spooky guest to join me. Please welcome Ash Millman. Hello, it's me! (laughs) 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 Oh, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks, Ewan. And to talk about aliens as well. I know. Well... I put out the, 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 the Wheel of Dad movies blow earlier the month being like, hey, spooky action dad-oriented stuff hit us up. And then you came in with the aliens thing and I yeah. was like, you like aliens? Hell yeah. I like aliens. Dad's like aliens. <laughs> we can talk about some aliens. <laughs> spooky action dad is absolutely the way to describe my dad, by the way. That's like his whole, yeah. his whole shtick. Brilliant. Oh, cool. We can talk a little bit about the, the, the dad. So... Actually, that's a good way to start off this podcast. Ash, what to you is a dad movie? Oh, oh my God. See, that's such a specific question. I feel like it's different to everyone because it's what your dad watches in particular. Because it's that specific era of film as well. I think obviously to us being like the age that we are, anything that's like the 80s is super dad movie to me. Um, Anything that's like sci-fi horror, because that's what my dad loves. And he loves bad sci-fi horror um, as well. So obviously Aliens is not, but he loves all all the cheesy stuff. Um, Anything with Arnold Schwarzenegger in, I think is absolutely a dad movie. Like just like, even if it's released now, dad movie. Um, I, I don't think it's like this nebulous thing, isn't it? It's this nebulous thing. I think it needs to have big macho man energy in it even if it doesn't have big macho men yeah and i think it needs to have like the i don't know the protecting the people vibe you know like full masculine traits and then you've got to have the dad who's like coming in being like hey leaning leaning across just being like hey just so you know if you were ever abducted by a giant alien queen i would i would go in and flame them all to death for you exactly (laughs) yeah sigourney weaver's my dad that's what it is she does give big dad energy in this movie. <laughs> yeah, she absolutely does. Is just yeah, Aliens is great to me. I actually got to watch the original Alien on the big screen the other month, and it was like the coolest experience. It was so fun. Oh. Um, the first thirty minutes of that movie just like I th- never ceased to just transport me into just like the deepest, darkest recesses of just existential terror. Just like looking out into space and going hmm. Must be a lot of fucked up stuff out there. <laughs> I guess no one can hear me scream out here. Mm. Uh, yeah, Although no. the alien at the end of this does scre- does scream, which yeah. I think is quite ironic. She gets blasted out the, the airlock and she's all like, ah! She's oh, a great time. They're subverting everything in Aliens. That's the biggest one they subvert. The tagline from the original. I love the original, I must say. I feel like it's it's alien daughter and alien's father is the uh, the combination here. Um, but yeah, the, the original's kind of sense of just atmosphere and slow burn and then big set piece moments and the way everything feels so unique and new even though it's literally like 40 years plus old oh my god inject it into my veins yeah totally and i feel like whereas alien kind of you know that that amazing sequence they go down to lv246 and you see the giant you know ship and the space jockey and the eggs and everything Ah! and it's so good um that like leads into void the the horror of the void whereas aliens kind of plays that expectation because it doesn't have like the it doesn't have the element of surprise anymore but what i like about it is that it still manages to give you that surprise even though you know you're going in for you know aliens but plural um it still manages to like expand upon the visual terror in a way yeah you know we'll, we'll get we'll get to the finale um eventually with you know the nest and stuff but the way that this kind of you know i kind of feel like not that i'm gonna say it predator 2 is as good as aliens because it's not even though i do love predator 2 it kind of feels similar to me in that both movies blow up the law of mm. everything and you know make you contemplate all these different unique things and um 
James Cameron just loves he loves a good sci-fi sequel. Um, oh, he and, does. Yeah, he it's does. Such a good one. And he's good at them. I think. I think for me, the kind of the visual terror that you talk about and having that nature of su- surprise to it. Watching it last night and on Disney Plus, which I know we're going to talk about. Um, watching it <laughs> last night, having a little rewatch. I had it on kind of whilst I was bumbling around a little bit in my flat. And the one bit that always like arrests my attention and still feels scary now is the motion de- tracker, the motion oh. detector scene where you hear the boop, 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 and then they poke their head up and you see all of the xenomorphs there looking on down. There is no shot like it. Oh my God, it's, it's so good. The sound design in this in these movies is just so good and yeah. i like it, that's the thing that i love about them as well as like you know like that everything just has that unique kind of the, the the i forget who did like some of the audio stuff on this which is really bad because i don't know if you watched like the the movies we loved or whatever it's called the toys that the movies that made us that's it on netflix they did a whole thing on aliens and like they went into the to the how they made the sounds and stuff but yeah like the you know, you've got the beeping of the motion tracker. You've got like the thing that really sticks out to me is the breathing of the xenomorph queen. Yes, it's so breathy and and guttural and and you're like she's a unit, so that would make sense. But like that's the <laughs> thing like that really gets under my skin in this is like the movements of the xenos. Whereas in the first one, you can kind of tell that it's like a seven foot man. In this, the they, they they slither, they recoil, and like they just they oh. It, I was. I found myself just recoiling at it more yesterday than I had done on like my previous rewatch, and mm. yeah, totally absorbed. I think I noticed more of like the slime and more of the ick factor that they kind of added to it. Like, there's so they much. They do slime. have very, very um, wet mouths. Yeah, they, yeah. Yes, they are like they're <laughs> slick. They are so wet, and you've got all of these like cold, hard surfaces of space which are very sterile and clean, and then you alternate it with these very goopy, very organic aliens. Um, but I, I just remember like the, the, the queen giving birth to an egg and I was like, that's so visceral. Like that didn't need to be that icky. And I'm glad that it is. I'm glad that it is because that's part of the horror. Um, but yeah, they're just, they're so slick and they're so wet and that kind of adds to it. But otherwise, I think xenomorphs are like massive cats mostly. They're just curling around they with their do... little tail. The bit in the, we're gonna... <laughs> the bit in the first movie where it's it's hatched away on the the escape vessel with Ripley and like she just wakes it up accidentally it it's almost doing like a Tom and Jerry like you know exaggerated snoring noise when it's in there just like <laughs> like that and I'm like I love I love this guy I want to protect them and then yeah. and then they'll go some doing something crazy like you know cocoon your mate in a wall and you oh know, Zeno leaving. I know he's just such a scamp just such a scamp um but yeah, no, this um we will talk about Disney Plus right now as well because I we, we both rewatched it on Disney Plus. Um and instantly as I was doing my ironing and watching this, I was like, wait a minute, there's something <laughs> something not quite right here. I swear there was an opening scene where they're on the colony and then some guy gets a face hooker in his face and then <laughs> and then I was like, wait a damn minute. This is the theatrical cut. <laughs> and then I was looking up, like, rather than watching a movie, which was bad, I was looking up all, like, the di- the things that are in the director's cut, which I think might be the only version that I'd seen up until last night, going, they don't have the century scene in. They don't have the stuff where they reveal that Ripley's daughter is dead. They don't ah. have the removes all the different tragedy of it all. And, oh, my uh, God, they didn't do that, did they? I literally I was thinking yeah. to myself, I thought I'd just missed it. I was like... Yeah, it's, daughter's it's, dead. It's so she? annoying as well because it's like it makes the stuff with Newt so much more emotional. Yeah. Like without that context, it can come across as quite stereotypically maternalistic. Mm. Like, oh, Ripley is the woman on the team, and she's looking after Newt because she's a mother. But when you have the context of the fact that she literally, while she was away, her daughter, you know, passed away. Yeah, it's her clinging on to the memory of her daughter and wanting to have a second chance. And yeah that makes it so much more effective. So it's, you know, it's still an amazing movie. Um, but there were just like occasional bits where I was just like, wow, Disney Plus is a big piece of shit. Give me the scene! <laughs> Give me the scene! Yeah, no, I... um Oh man, you do notice it when you've seen it a couple of times. Like the theatrical version was the one that I'd seen the most originally, and then I've I've seen it since with the the director's cut and thought, oh my god, it's a completely different movie. It's not, <laughs> but like it's just got those extra flavor bits that are just so delicious, so delicious. Mm. Little bits of seasoning. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, Aliens, 1986, Jim Cameron rather than Ridley Scott. And we, we get to, to see Ripley, I think it's what, 57, she's 60 years away from the events of the first movie, I think it is. Yeah, I think it's 57. Um, you know, and she she gets rescued and, we you know, we learn that the, the, the Xenos have, well, they've started a colony on LV246 and... and Transpirings are happening and oh, transpirings you know, are and everything <laughs> and you know they um basically get Ripley with the the colonial marines who you know the marines in this movie I think like I just love Bill Paxton I yeah. think he he is just such a great time like you know every single movie he has like such a great presence and it's just mostly down to him yelling or like you know freaking out over something and he gets a lot of good freak out moments in this i'm curious who is your favorite marine out of the the bunch here hudson absolutely like game over man game over like he's absolutely my favorite because he's just such a goofball and he's exactly how i would act in that situation as well like (laughs) i would go in being like right i'm gonna fuck some shit up give me an alien i'm gonna (laughs) shoot him right now and then i'd get there and be like oh my god oh my god (laughs) acid spit please <laughs> yeah yeah no he's great um and like the the other members you know like vasquez obviously is like really cool <gasps> oh, and like yes. it feels like um like almost like a pulp war comic like in the same way that predator like it it kind of feels a bit sergeant rocky and mm. me like this um it kind of replicates that in, in how cartoonish the marines are and you know it's it's funny like aliens is obviously like such an influential and iconic film now that so many films have iterated on it and like parodied it or whatever like you know Vasquez's, you know, stereotype is pretty much like a staple of a lot of action movies. Um, but she's so good in here, and they all kind of get to. Well, the 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 best ones get to go out in like a, a blaze of glory, and there are some great moments. And again, I do think that the Paxton's death, where you know he gets he, <laughs> this alien just comes out from the the floor and drags him down. Yeah. He's shooting the alien as it drags. Oh, it's. Cinema, it's yes. so good. I do love Vasquez. I think I love her whole subversion of the masculine and the feminine. Fem- feminine, feminine, <laughs> feminine, feminine. <laughs> I love her uh, subversion of the masculine and the feminine, and how she completely owns it, and everyone accepts her for who she is. And kind of this interplay of of gender and sex, and all these sort of traits that are within this colonial marines team. It doesn't really matter who anyone is. Like, it plays off the original Aliens being a genderless film that kind of just mm. had the best actors assigned to everything. I feel like Aliens goes a step further where it does assign, like, gendered um, traits for everyone, but then switches them up, and it's never an issue or a problem or anything that kind of takes effect on anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. I definitely get that vibe. And it kind of, like, it's similar. It's like almost like Starship Troopers, except without, like, the satire. Yeah. Like, it, it feels... um I like I like the future that they construct here because it feels so depressingly believable. Mm. Like it's kind of similar to Blade Runner in a way, um, where it's like, it's, well, it's like, canon. They're in the same yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah. So there's like that whole kind of neon, um, but like like that that slightly it's advanced, but it's also archaic in a certain way. But socially, things have changed, and you know that that is kind of typified with with the makeup of the colonial marines themselves. Because even though the, they they look and act and behave like you know a typical like badass American you know soldier character from like an action movie in the seventies or eighties. You know there are there are kind of like subtle differences where you know they develop their own unique language within the movie and it's um yeah it's just great and I like I like the the different power dynamics and 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 how that plays out especially with the the new officer who comes in who's you know stereotypically a bit of a weasel but again also gets to have his own blaze of glory moment. Um, in the vents but yeah no it's um the marines do make this movie for me i yeah. i just think that they're brilliant and it's it's no surprise again that like you know in terms of looking at the the way that the aliens expanded the franchise how most of the stories that we have gotten about aliens since have have been about the marines and some people you know myself included would maybe argue that's a bit limiting because there are so many cool unique things you can do with alien um but there is a reason why you know they're so popular it's because like they 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 burst onto this film and just owned every scene (laughs) yeah they are absolutely scene stealing every single one of them has like this unique take like i really love um the pilot like farrell like i like 
she's just she's not really in the film like she's just someone that's there who is but like she's just so on it and i don't know like her death is really great where she's she turns doing a great around job. yeah <laughs> like she's just she's doing her job she's part of the marine team she's got this like cool calm suave persona um i just i just really liked it i just really liked it i like that she's a woman as well that always appeals to me um but i just i like that even the understated characters feel fleshed out and like they have this this something about them you know what i mean like i want to be on this team i want to know these people i want to experience this thing with them even though it would be absolutely terrifying and i'd definitely die it would be uh fun for the part that i was alive so yeah totally just just chatting shit with um with with bishop you know yeah. just like he's doing the knife thing and you're screaming yeah, and, yeah hey. it sounds like a fun little time you know <laughs> um we should probably talk about Ripley, given, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is her movie and Sigourney Weaver is just an absolute icon. Oh, um, the best. She is, like, she's obviously so amazing in the first mo- in the first film, um, but there is just something extra that I think she finds in this particular one. And it's because the found family element of the film is so strong for me, like, with, with Hicks and, mm. and, um, and with Newt. Um, and she's just giving it all like you know it's one of the most authentic depictions like for me like i have like pdsd and you know going back in and it the film feels ahead of its time in so many different ways but particularly with with the, its depiction of ripley you know you, you talked about like the 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 genderless kind of element of alien uh, and also ripley being you know one of the quintessential female action movie leads but it's also just like she finds so much emotional depth and nuance in her character um and even though it is like like it's just everything about it just it, it works for me you know she, she's i think there's a reason why and i won't i'm not going to turn this into a dunk on alien 3 session because i actually ah! don't i don't hate that movie as much as everyone else hates it um but there is a reason why i think people responded so viscerally to that film's opening because by the time you get to the end of aliens and hicks newt and ripley have been through it all and bishop even though he's only a torso now um you just want you're just so relieved and happy that the good eggs got out and i think that is like it's just it's just down to the chemistry that they all had and michael bean like he's just he's quintessential 80s heartthrob guy for me like i just i love him and he's just he's just a guy i can trust and there's that (laughs) bit where she's there's a bit where she he's teaching her how to like use the pulse rifle and like she's giving him a bit of lip as well and i'm just like it's so sexy like it doesn't it has no reason to be that sexy like those two like just doing a gun together that like the chemistry there they don't need to kiss or like be sensual with each other it's like here's a weapon of mass destruction and i'm like oh god (laughs) show us some more <laughs> it's, it's also so like good. she's like the, the like the outmaneuver the um oh, what's the name of the the Weasley corporate guy um oh, wait, what's he called Jimmy uh, Slimeball Jimmy Slimeball Slimeball um Burke yes Burke um and he's there trying to be like oh he, he does he's just a grunt he doesn't have the authority to do it and Ripley's like I say we we nuke the site from orbit and then he looks across and goes i think we should nuke the site from orbit it's ah! the only way we can be sure and i'm like this is the only time nuclear weapons will ever be sexy yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> drop the bomb daddy no yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no it's so good um, and they should have done that they should have nuked the site from orbit obviously you know but uh, again going back to cool um pilot lady I do think she unfortunately has one of the most comedic deaths in the movie. It's great it's, though. It's it's because the alien like just comically just uses the door, and I also find it really funny later on when the the the, the queen knows how to use an elevator. Like it comes down and she's like, "Ah, going up." <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that they have so much personality in mm. this movie. The creatures and um, again, I'll just come down down to it. Like I, I just feel like the even though the first alien like. It just it taps into the voidless horror of space and why I'll never ever 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 want to go to space. This for me, it just like the actual aliens themselves behave way more scarily in me. Yeah, just, yeah, for sure. No, I think like Alien is about it's the absence, isn't it? it? Is the void? It's there's there's nothing there. There's nothing between you and this monster in the ship. Whereas this is there's a lot of things between you and a lot of these monsters, but none of it will help you. Um, like it, it, they're just su- such a force of nature i think kind of returning to ripley as well like i do think gender and, and sex have a massive part in this film and i feel like at the end of alien ripley is you know she's sexualized for the first time in the entire film they take all her clothes off and she stands there in her pants and she's a woman 
and you know it's 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 something that you can either be kind of like oh man why have they done that like they, they did so well with all of this this genderless expression so far and now they've got this moment that kind of sexualizes her but it sets up aliens perfectly to dive into the strength that she finds in femininity so she's not this like faceless character um in terms of of gender and sex she is absolutely you know she's a woman she's a mother um she's powerful she's strong she's sensitive she's emotional she can dream and cry and do all of these things and still be the badass ripley that we got to know in the first film and i think that's so so incredibly well judged and well done in this movie for something that could have very easily gone down the route of you know Ripley's a lover she's a mother she's soft and sensitive and needs saving like no she's saving these people she knows what she's doing she has faith in herself and also the humility to step back and let people take over when they need to as well like putting Hicks in charge like she's just such a perfectly realized and thought out character in this you've you've hit the nail on the head so well there like i think Ding. that is it's it's the emotional nuance that there that's there you know it's not like a one-dimensional thing like there is so much to her and the strength being found in vulnerability is mm. what really resonates to me you know like you you know how much hope and love she has for newt you know they're both survivors um and 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 with Hicks, you know, she she values a a man who can do his job, and she yeah. knows how to delegate and everything. And, and she's, you know, that that is what it is for me. It's just like it's 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 so multidimensional. And I won't just re- I won't just paraphrase and repeat your point because that'd be really bad. But that is the thing that makes it work for me. Is like, mm. you know, it is just such a multifaceted depiction, and it just feels so authentic. And yeah, there's there's a reason why um ripley is like you know one of the most iconic sci-fi heroines ever because it she has it all <laughs> yeah and i think kind of in contrast to the masculinity of all the marines like even your vasquez and your farrells and, and like you know your female members of the team they are all very masculine they are this caricature of the war of of all of these like the the dad movies of yore uh <laughs> where it's like you know these people who are supposed to be the, the the first defense the massive strong guys it doesn't matter who they are they're tough and they're actually just walking bullets like they open up as the film goes on but that Ripley is the one who knows what's going on Ripley is the one in charge and Ripley is the one being this soft sense Ripley is the one being this soft sensitive mother against this backdrop of just uninhibited masculine masculine moments I think that makes it all the more stronger as well yeah and it's 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 nicely paralleled by the fact that like you know it's the alien queen that she goes up against yes. as well. it's almost like it's like a battle between two families like mm. you have like the found family that, that ripley has with newton hicks and then you have <laughs> the the family that these that she these, finds these innocent alien creatures have have built for themselves you know they didn't ask to be made they didn't mm. ask to, they didn't ask for michael fassbender to to, <laughs> to meet up with himself and create a bioweapon you know they, they were just they exist and they made a little home for themselves and and then Ripley comes in and just, you know, just, just flames it all. I know, it's a shame. That is another cool thing, though. We, we, we probably could talk about how cool the weapons are in this movie. <gasps> They're so good! The um the pulse rifle might have my favorite noise in a movie. Mm. The kind of just the... <laughs> oh, that was that so was really, good! Was that really was like good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, I love, I love that so much. And um the... It's just the the way that they they play with the weapons and make them feel like, you know, because they are able. That's the other clever thing about it is that they are able to like kill the aliens. They are able to destroy them, but they're always a step behind. They're always on because they're in 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 the enemy's turf. Like even though they have all these great badass weapons or whatever, because they underestimate the opponent, and also because they're going into a situation they're unfamiliar with. You know, they don't listen to Ripley uh, to begin with. You know, it all just kind of like. It's almost like it's pretty. I'm going to get very historical here, but it feels almost like a lot of you know action movies post Vietnam. It's all about the American military getting kicked, uh, getting its ass kicked by a force that they underestimate or are unfamiliar with. You know, whether that be um, Predator with you know in the jungle and you have this alien who tears apart the, these massive badasses, um, or in Aliens, which you know it feels kind of similar. You know, you, you get these guys who are very you know. Basically, you know, I think that the, the conscripts, I think, are some of them. You know, I think, um, I think uh, Bill Paxton's character is just like, oh man, not again. And you know, <laughs> they don't want to do. They hate the job almost, even though they they are like badasses and take pride in it in a weird way. Um, but like, they have that element to it as well of like them, you know, thinking they're going to go for a walk in the park, and you know, is it going to be another bug hunt or whatever? And then they just get absolutely slaughtered. And I think that 
that context as well is is great because so many action movies in the 80s are like secretly about vietnam or maybe not <laughs> yeah. even secretly but um aliens feels like a a, a good one in that context because it's like you know it's 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 these guys and they've completely underestimated this thing and they get outsmarted by people who you know well not people but you know they, they used to be people now they're just genetic hybrids but you know they, they they get outsmarted by by things that they don't understand or attempted to understand and yeah were misled as well by um corporate influences which is another wrinkle to it and oh man yeah. very salient you yeah and you could also even throw a little bit of regan in there if you wanted to and you know the you know burke being the the, the typical, you know, um, money-grubby American businessman, yeah. of, you know, of, of the 80s or whatever. There's a lot in there to digest. And um, it is just, it works on so many levels. I feel like no matter what you where you approach Aliens from, whether you approach it from the lens of, it's a cool action movie. It's a cool horror movie. It's a cool text about the the political areas of Vietnam and the ramifications <laughs> of Reagan. So you, can, you can just have a good time. That's the yeah. main thing. <laughs> oh, I love all this ramification movie. I love hearing you talk about like American history and kind of how <laughs> films tie into it. No, genuinely, because I feel quite like clueless, com- like especially compared to the the knowledge that you have about all these things. And I love I how do it's have like a very your, big brain. It's like no, it's like your mastermind <laughs> subject though. Like when we talk about films or like westerns and that sort of thing, where you can like pinpoint the political and social influence where films come from. I just think it's so interesting like i do love hearing about it and my my take on that is yeah yeah it yeah. sounds good yeah it yeah. does the politics good yeah I, like i'm gonna take us back to pulse rifles because i thought they were really cool oh yes please do yeah that's more I'm taking, important i'm taking us back it is. to pulse it's more rifles. important <laughs> i uh i love the technology in this film and obviously i'm gonna like say a million points that have been said before but like the retro futuristic like analog tech of this future that they had envisioned what would what would it, it would what would it look like in the future and like how would technology be for us now and it's just loads of buttons just shit loads of buttons everywhere all the time like how many buttons can you press would you want another one do you want a button to press your button <laughs> like it's just it's so good and that it all ties together with the weaponry they use and it's this clunky like almost kind of feral like machinery growling it's, animal <laughs> yeah no it's just it's just it's not you know what i mean it's not like mm-hmm. sleek high-tech laser beam weapon um it's it looks like it's hefty it looks like a warhammer thing it looks like mm. something like a space marine would would wield um they in are the, space marines well exactly <laughs> but like in the 40k universe mm. where where people are like kind of steampunk like these aren't these the slick weapons of the future this is a future that has been realized in such a way that the characters are working with old tech that they know what to do that ripley can use the power loader that 60 years later you know she's been in space for 60 years and can get in that power loader they're cutting corners on costs like it's (laughs) it's old tech um and they're still using it and mastering it and bring it out in this film as like old reliable it's it's kind of like that um you know fetishization of weaponry that people have for like and collection of like old things and beautiful old relics that they love to look at and go this was from this war it feels like that with the things that they're using totally and like again you could you can tie it back into the whole like all this 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 fancy military hardware gets them nowhere Mm. Um, and it's quite funny as well in the beginning when you know they're they're they discuss like what ammunition type they're using it's like oh it's like armor piercing exploding rounds or whatever you know and like they can't use it because they're going to blow up the entire place and then hicks starts using like an old pump action shotgun from the 20th (laughs) century you know it's going back to that rudimentary thing of like you know you no matter what fancy dance weapon you weaponry you create, whether it be an exploding rifle or a sentry turret that can, you know, um, mow people down or whatever, sometimes it's all about ingenuity and 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 outfoxing things. And I think you know it's kind of vindicated by the way that, you know some people are just generally unlucky in this movie to not make it out. Um, but at the same time, I do like how it cuts back to that that core theme of like you know even even if you're better equipped. You know, don't underestimate just nature. Don't fuck with nature. (laughs) I watched Edge of Tomorrow again um, recently. I love Edge of Tomorrow so much. It's genuinely one of my favourite sci-fis ever. And it feels very Aliens influenced because it's got like people basically running around in power loader suits like trying to attack big aliens that they've underestimated and they have all the tech and they have all the abilities and they have the Angel of Verdun in Rita Vertasky but none of it matters because the, these enemies are smarter than them at every turn. They come from somewhere else. They have all of these abilities that they haven't even thought about or won't even entertain as a possibility in the in the large corporations. And it's just nice to see that kind 
kind of reflected again in a in a modern setting like things never change and aliens has set that precedent from 86 literally living dying and repeating yeah yeah i love how you brought that movie up i love that movie it's It's so good it's so good that's been my catchphrase this this podcast i'm sorry i keep just saying it's so good it's so good that's basically what every episode this podcast is in (laughs) it's just me going oh i love it oh i love it it." (laughs) the lowest we've gotten to is like like oh it's good it's, you know, it's never been like a oh it's bad this is oh, it's good but most of the time it's just me going oh I love this movie which is what that's what the magic's about really you yeah just, you know and like I I didn't come to this from like a kid either because I wasn't allowed to watch it because like the alien the aliens movies were kind of up there with like I don't know what it was but like even though I was allowed to watch quite a fair bit there were some things that were always off limits um Mm. and it's weird because like a lot of the action movies that i watched growing up i watched the sequels first because they were typically less violent than the ogs so i ended up watching die hard in reverse order um (laughs) which is a very fun experience um which is why i like the third one the most but with this i didn't get to watch this until i was like i went away to uni um so i don't have the nostalgic value that i attached to some of the other like sci-fi actioners at the time like terminator 2 that to me is like one of the best like late night film for you know 11 o'clock you're like oh god it's not stick it on it's like another hour he's not even made it to like the 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 police station (laughs) yeah he's not even but he's gonna gotta see the end of it you know yeah whereas aliens it was like something that i had to like seek out on my own because we were never a massively horror family there were certain horror movies that we were really into but like nothing like like psycho and jaws and stuff but Mm. Anything that was kind of like post seventies, it was never really a thing that was on the radar for me. So when I did finally get to watch Aliens and stuff, and then go back home from uni and watch it with dad and stuff, it was it was great. Is because um, he he enjoyed it as well, um, but it just wasn't a thing that we really watched that much. But yeah, um, still have a lot of a lot of love for this one. I imagine a lot of dads do as well. Oh, for sure. It's it's got that eighties nostalgia to it, hasn't it? Which a lot of these dad movies have. If 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 it even if it's not 80s it's a sense of nostalgia mm-hmm. um but i know for my dad it's definitely like it's 80s stuff and he loves the the arnie movies he loves aliens alien like total recall uh, oh, predator yes. Yeah. You know, and then he, and then he loves all his war films as well, and it's like this 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 constant sense of reminding him of of the films that he grew up with that he then can share with me. Um, but Aliens was kind of one that he really really liked, and then decided that Conan the Barbarian was his favorite film ever. <laughs> and collected i haven't seen that one you know oh I my god seen you I need know, to watch it terrible you need to watch conan the barbarian because <laughs> yeah. i've seen that film more times than i can count like that is like my dad loved conan growing up like it was his personality was he loved conan the barbarian <laughs> and um then recently he rewatched aliens and was like a friendship with conan over <laughs> aliens new best friend uh and it's like collected like little figures like oh he's gosh. got like Amazing. the 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 machine the truck thing you know the flat thing like he has one of them that he keeps out like he he has all sorts like i even painted him like a xenomorph um for oh his birthday because he was so obsessed um with it again and it's just got that it just it's just dad to me like it's just mm. so dad um even though it is like a film about to me when i watch it i think wow women are great <laughs> and, but it just reminds me of my dad so much it's like um that that meme of the guy with the eyes and it's like like all the the subtext going off but haha pulse rifle yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah that's great though like that's such a good story to have and i feel like we all have those stories like a lot mm. of us who like grew up with film or whatever you know we so much of our taste is like informed by what we're shown or in some cases by why by what we're not shown so like action movies and, and war movies and classic movies like so much of that taste to me and is 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 passed down from both mum and dad but like for horror movies because mm. it was never really a thing that we watched like that was something that i really kind of carved out for myself which is why i really love john carpenter because the first horror movie that i watched that wasn't parentally supervised was in 2009 on my ipod touch watching part one halloween 1979 at oh. like 11 o'clock at night just watching this thing and then hearing michael myers is breathing down in the side so aliens <laughs> is like like it's 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 kind of it's cool for me because there was that kind of dad dad attachment to it eventually but it was also something that i discovered on my own and but it's one that i can also look at and go collectively mm. the, the 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 metaphorical dad everywhere 
will yeah. we'll love this movie. <laughs> the dad of the world. The dad of the world. <laughs> no, I, I feel you completely. I remember the iPod Touch days of watching films. Hot Rod was mine. When Hot Rod was put mine. Films on YouTube in parts one of fucking 20 or something ah! i watched the first i watched the scream movies that way as well <laughs> as they were meant to be seen god <laughs> those were the days see i growing up i i don't know i i kind of i've told this in different ways on different places because i haven't really thought about it loads growing up i always liked horror but i liked reading i liked reading stephen king books and i liked reading like creepy spooky things um i liked kind of blockbuster horrors like the 12a blockbuster horror but i was a massive coward and would get really scared of anything that was a bit too intense when i was a young teenager but my dad absolutely loved them my mom absolutely loves horror movies and they kind of like fed them to me in a growing scale as as it went on and i think that kind of connection to horror i definitely have them to thank for my connection to horror because my mom was a big reader so that's where i got all that from and my dad's a big movie buff so that's where i got that from and gamer as well and they've kind of like influenced my tastes and everything um I feel like the the thing that I kind of took for myself was music because um, I used to like have all the different uh, emo stuff on and my parents would listen to it as well. So I was like, I can't even rebel properly. Um, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> my mom would be there singing Fallout Boy. I'd be like, please, please don't ruin this for me. <laughs> Stop causing a scene. Just say the yeah. scene. It's a damn uh, arms race. <laughs> but it's 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 come. Sorry, that's like hit me late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's come back around now. Where like I when I left for uni and uh, well, it's, it was at A level. I realised I love horror films. I love analysing them more than anything else. I thought that I loved film, but I love horror film. Is what I realised. Mm. And then taking that to uni and applying it to everything I did there, and kind of watching so many horror films and taking it to what culture and then to PlayStation Access, like being able to dig into horror has been the biggest love of my life and I didn't realize kind of how much it was there in me from the beginning and how much my parents influenced it I don't know what point I'm making it's just that aliens it's a very nice point yeah it's, it's... great hearing you talk about this because it, it it's a real passion and yeah. that's like really cool I I massively and like I, I don't need to big up I don't need to big you up on here like I yeah. everyone knows how great you are like your, your stuff that you did at What Culture with, with the horror channel and like diving into horror movies even within like a constrained list format always finding something kind of like unique to pull from that and going in you know it really reflected and shone in your work and you know oh you in yeah. I'm oh, blushing it's like it's great and like I yeah no you're awesome um, and I love hearing you talk about horror awesome. stuff oh this is great too oh, I used to love I loved it when your articles would come through and I'd be like yes yeah, so are you in peace <laughs> oh man no yeah. it's it's nice it's just this is another thing though like horror has brought me into, into what culture and kind of define my place there and I met you guys um, and it's just like it's just given me so much and I'm so happy for it and I know that it stems from my family and my parents and and that kind of is where it's all born from i'm just very thankful i just love spooky stuff yeah and this is a great this is a great spook time um yeah. i don't know what else we can talk about in the alien space um if we, we if need to talk want... about the ending i'm sorry we do we do absolutely need to talk about the ending because it's it feels like um you know the Termin- terminator 2 finale like it feels like in the space of like six years james cameron was like i want a cool finale sequence in a just the hottest sweatiest <laughs> most disc- everyone's got to be covered in sweat it's going everyone's in sweat or goop it's <laughs> the most be goop. moist film you can imagine yeah. please and then whenever they get shot there's going to be more goop <laughs> and then more goop on that and oh then oh my god yeah bishop's person... milkshake i just i can't i <laughs> i can't right the, the it's a choice i think i need to ask ridley scott um why he chose to to make the droids um you know i'm just gonna say it why they gotta become droids you know it's like it's just i feel and i feel really sad because at the end of aliens when bishop has finally proven himself to ripley and like she's about to get well she does give him a compliment like hey hey synth you ain't a piece of shit after all that you're pretty (laughs) great and young lance hemrickson who's a total babe in this movie as well is just like oh smile his smile breaks out his performance by the way in this movie we're not talking about it at all he is so fucking good in this he, yes. it takes a lot to you know kind of ian holm was amazing as ash in mm. in the first one but like i do love how bishop here the the, the twist is is that he's actually a decent guy like i <laughs> yeah. i love that like because the entire time like oh he's he's studying the claw he's studying the face hugger you know he's gonna do the thing and then by the end of it it's like 
he's just one of the boys. And anyway, back to the cum robot. So you get to the ending <laughs> and he just gets absolutely just impaled by the xenomorph queen who mm. knows how to use an elevator and has just managed to claw- cling on for dear life. Clinging on for dear life is <laughs> just like up against the wall. Like, uh, <laughs> Space! This, these bastards killed my family. <laughs> like that, just hanging on for dear life. And then gets in and poor Bishop just gets absolutely penetrated and then just... Whoa. just Oh well, you know, yeah, in, yeah. I mean, there is that element to it, <laughs> yeah. But then just and then just the the eruption, and I just feel really bad for him because I'm just like on the one hand I'm like this is really sad and tragic, and on the other hand I'm like that's an interesting substance flowing out from oh, the robot. <laughs> it's on. It's definitely on purpose, isn't it? Like in Alien, yeah. in Alien, you have all of the sexual connotations of things like Ripley being choked with a pornographic magazine, like you know that's in like a massive tube I shape. Didn't even notice it was a porno mag. Yeah. It's oh a, my god. I didn't it's even a porno know. Oh, baby. It's I never knew that. And like it's it's supposed to be designed to have this claustrophobic, almost like vaginal canal feel as you walk through the the spaceship, and the, the alien itself is obviously very phallic. <laughs> Like that, that Just is. Just call me Mr. Phallus. <laughs> it's totally unavoidable. He's got these big shiny penis head, and that's that's that. I'm afraid. And then the penis grabber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you've got the alien queen who kind of subverts all of that like masculine subtext that's been applied in the first one, and is just squashing a man and re- rendering him nothing more than you know goo, cum goo. <laughs> it's 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 so interesting like digging into it i feel is kind of difficult because you can pull on so many different readings of it but at the end of the day it's a bit gross it's reminiscent of like you know sexual agenda it's ties in with everything else that has been set up in this deeply like psychosexual series that messes with your head and with your loins (laughs) that's just how aliens works I think it just it's just a big like testament to the hey this is about men and women and kind of the spectrum of that and the outside of that and what it all means and here's a big bunch of white goo to finish it off this is really good because I started this conversation with cum android and you ended it with a salient point about like violence and gender and everything so that's like that's great the duality of man yeah <laughs> but yeah duality that's... of man pulse rifle cum robot <laughs> Yeah, um, but we need to talk about the, the the power loader scene because it yes. is so so cool, and um, the fact that she just you, you kind of know that she's going for that at that point because it's just like you know we, we've seen it before. There's no other weapons on the ship. She's gonna have to go for it. All the while, you got creepy alien queen doing her awful awful breathing. You know, like Michael Myers's breathing's pretty bad. Like, not gonna yeah. lie, that alien breathing it just feels so real to me, and it just makes you go. Ugh. Yeah, give her an inhaler, please. <laughs> give her an inhaler. Asthmatic. <laughs> um, and then, and then you have the great, great moment. And like you know, it's it's insanely quotable. Everyone loves it. Just the get away from her, you bitch. Yeah, say it louder, you Get away from her, you bitch. Yeah, I love that. And that's like that's that's just that's just Ripley. That's just Ellen Ripley. That's just like everything. Just you know. A brave, brave little guy. Brave little yeah. guy in, in her guy. in a little armor suit, and you know, fighting for her new family. And it is just the most. You know, Alien starts out so bleakly. Mm. It starts out, you know, depending on whether you watch the the theatrical or the director's cut, starts off with the family getting, you know, suffering the same fate that that the um, the crew did in the original Alien, or it starts out with Ripley exiting, you know, this this fifty seven year hypersleep, and everyone she knows is dead. You know, it's it's massively depressing. She then gets thrown into this situation where she's got to go back and reconfront her trauma. You know, she was she was trying to build up the pieces that she had with Jones. We haven't even spoken about Jones, the cat. Great oh, guy. Jones. Jones. Um, you know, she's having that, and then like she then slowly forges the connection, and by pure chance finds someone who is a literal kindred spirit. And then at the end of it, she gets to like fight. Not just like outwit, she gets to fight this thing, and like it's so, it's so good. It's it, so it, good. I, I, there is also the funny bit where it's like the Looney Tunes mouth grabber trying to keep like going, like <laughs> dodging it like that. Like, just, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> it's amazing. It's just, it's such a powerful scene, isn't it? Like Marvel's girl team up could never. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. But like the um. The, the xenomorph queen in all of her glory coming back for revenge even though she didn't have to she could have stayed on her spaceship and kind of 
rebirthed and built up again. She doesn't. She wants revenge. She wants to kind of get all of her egg power back or take it all out on Ripley, you know. And Ripley's there defending uh newt like they're 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 both like these matriarchs they're both angry mother bears who have nothing else to lose nothing else to give other than to just battle each other to the bitter end like ripley has been through everything what has she got at this point if not defending newt like she's given up on everything but also has it all at the same time she refuses to to let it all go and it just oh my god it is the most empowering thing i've ever seen in my life i love her (laughs) i whenever i watch it and i know the power loaders little pincer things don't go like that far down mm. every time i watch it i'm like just squeeze it a little bit more and then it'll, <laughs> she'll pop like a grape or something but that, <laughs> that would never happen so she's just like you know getting there and then you know they throw into the airlock and then she gets you know sucked out into space and is there doing a, a, a comical scream but i do think <laughs> that that shot holds up more than the original final space detonation where it's just the guy in the suit clinging on for dear life Mm. i'm not talking shit about the original alien i love that movie to pieces but i just i think the creature effects in this are just there's something else there's something else like the original was 79 and it was so ahead of Mm -hmm. its time but like it's a 70s film there's going to be bits that look a bit goofy and i think that's okay to say yeah totally um but yeah i just um that that final sequence is just great and and, then you get to the ending and they're going back into their sleep pods you know um you know, and it's like it's it, that's the other weird thing about this is that I feel like when they get to the sleep pods at the end of it, when you watch the first alien, and then you kind of have even in the ending, like even though she's going into sleep, it doesn't feel like a safe space. It all feels still alien and kind of uncomfortable because you know she's going off into the void, doesn't know whether she's going to be rescued or whatever. Um, with this, it generally feels like a moment of safety and tranquility. You know that they're being looked after by the friendly android, and they're all you know in there together and they're gonna make it out okay and then the curb your enthusiasm music plays and we go to <laughs> alien three <laughs> god i that is my my least favorite part of the series is just that moment of just they're all dead bye see ya let's carry it's, on it's interesting because like it's such a even though this movie has like a lot of cool political subtext and historical subtext you can read into it um you know it's never that cynical. There's a hopeful, uplifting message at the end that if you know, if you, you you can, you will find something. You will, you know, you will find your people in a mm. way. That's kind of the reading that I get from it. Um, and then you get to to Alien Three, and you know, it's kind of like that early '90s existentialism starts kicking in, and they're just like, "What if we killed everyone? Yeah. What if we killed everyone? You know, just, <laughs> let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. You know, it's just cloner. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and then <laughs> and then we get to like. <laughs> yeah let me get to them. but the fourth one does have ron perlman in mm-hmm, it does so. it, it gets better i think alien versus predator is the peak that's where i am <laughs> zan would agree zan yes would alien versus predator alien versus predator is so good we it's just it's fun we haven't done it yet but i feel like we need i still need to show them predator 2 because like i will i will fight for that movie i love yeah. that movie but um yeah A- avp that's got to be on the list eventually. I feel like for the most of the first year of this podcast, it's been mostly Predator <laughs> because <laughs> I love the Predator movie so much. Um, but yeah, no. Um, Have you fun... seen Prey? Sorry, I I'm just did. cutting in. Yeah, Have you seen yeah, Prey? No, did you did, like Prey? did enjoy Prey a lot. Great yeah. time. Um, and, you know, it's it's great that these franchises are, are so interlinked now. Um, mm. I, I think that, you know, it's so great that the... the and again, it feels coincidental that the aesthetics align so well because with Predator, with the original design for that alien, it was like, I think the creature effects guy who was working on aliens basically got a call and was like, hey, can you... He was, he, I think he was like drawing up, you know, the design for the Predator and James Cameron was like leaning in and like giving suggestions and stuff as well. So they've always kind of been tied together, even though they didn't have that official overlap until the second Predator movie, which again is really cool. I just think both these franchises are great, you know, peak at least aliens is peak dad action cinema and, and and i think you know the avp the first avp movie as well and the yeah. rest of the alien series is maybe is maybe you know it diverges from that action oriented element even though i think that the action in this movie isn't as it isn't as um big of a departure as i think gets made out sometimes like i that's just because there are just moments in this film that generally do freak me out still like the breathing the big breathing the, just you, breathing you've... Breathing, this breathing freaks me man. out. This breathing's it, right on you. It does. I don't know what it is. I don't. Just breathing. 
Breathing does freak me out. People have things though, isn't it? Like for me, I hate, I really, really hate horror films where they put a little bit of like reverb on someone going, oh, in a soundtrack. I hate it. Like Sinister does it amazingly well. Yeah. It does it so well. In the new Dharma series, one of the opening songs kind of has the spooky choral choir, but edited and i just it really gets under my skin it really makes me feel like nauseous it's horrible mm. and like i hate it so i'm glad aliens doesn't have it yeah that's the best thing about aliens really now that yeah. we've, we've come to this conclusion but yeah i think no I think choir that, i think that, co- I think that comes, covers everything um we, we we went from you know the entire spectrum of alien uh and and it was great to hear you talk about you know your relationship with the movie and 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 you know bringing your unique horror insight to it that was really really cool i would love to have you on again um if you ever have another dad movie that you want to talk about literally any time if it's any horror movie i've probably watched it with my dad or he is he, or he has watched it and has an opinion on it that we've spoke about so i am so happy to come back thank you so much for having me i've had so much fun and it's so nice to just chat and talk about horror movies and hear you tell me about reagan i love it <laughs> You want me to talk about rig? I can t- no. Where can we find you on Twitter, Ash? Uh, you can find me at Ash Millman on Twitter, at Ash Millman with another N on on Instagram because someone took my name. Oh. <laughs> That's terrible. That's oh, no. terrible. How dare they have my name? Is, How dare it's, the, they? it's the letterbox for public consumption as well, or is that a private thing? Yeah, you can follow me on Letterboxd. I don't. I, it's not one that I like share out. It's just if you follow me on there, that's absolutely fine. Um, I'm doing a, a horror movie a day in October, so you can find that in a big like, link. link a big long a big link long. a big long a big long list of links in my uh twitter and i'll also be logging them all on letterboxd as well so you can see what i'm consuming at any given moment and of course you can also follow ash's further adventures at youtube.com forward slash playstation, PlayStation access. access yeah um, yeah this is this has been the wheel of dad movies uh podcast i want to give a quick shout out to our patrons, thank you, Thomas Mulgrew, Shaka, and the lovable Josh Brown. Woo, JV! Is, he might be making a guest appearance later this month. Oh, oh this I bloody be, hope so, you would. He might be coming on the podcast. To talk a I'm going to heckle him. Cape Fear, you do that. Du- double-pronged assault. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll just, have no other choice. He's going to come on here and be like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter if, if you want to at twitter.com forward slash you and ruins things. You follow the Dad Movies podcast on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash you love Dad Movies as well. And if you do want to become a patron, you can get some cool, unique goodies. I write some essays every now and then when I do have the time and it's a fun little hey. time. Uh, and also, you get unique voting power, early access. And um, at certain tiers, the the final tier, the Clemenza special tier, you can also ask questions. No one, no no one's asked questions yet. You know, oh, I feel you, like they need, put, you and... they need to put more confidence in themselves. You know, just just throw one out there into the void. I like how you always like it's we love da- dad movies, not how is we love dad movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're gonna run it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, see you next time, folks. Bye. Bye.